The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Mind Body Pause with Charlie Kale. Holistic living for you and your animals. You found your happy place to nurture your connection to animals with enlightening information from the innovators who make their world a better place. This is Mind Body Pause on Empower Radio. Now, here's your host, fellow animal lover, Charlie Kale. Hi there, and welcome to Mind Body Pause Holistic Living for You and Your Animals. This is show number five. Hidden Pain in Our Pets with Dr. Ilana Struble. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Charlie Kale, mom to two dogs and three cats, broadcaster and Reiki practitioner in San Francisco at Energy Healing for People and Paws. I do distant healings as well as in-person appointments because energy transcends space and time. And there's more about that at charliekale.com, C-H-A-R-L-Y-K-A-Y-L-E.com. This is your safe place place to honor animals, where we'll nurture our connection to them mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. My goal is to dispel myths, bring about awareness, enlightenment, and even uncover scams that cost you in wealth and health of your animals. And speaking of health, what is one of the most common forms of pain in an animal yet usually goes undetected and untreated? Well, let's find out. Please welcome a woman with more letters after her name than they have in the alphabet, Dr. Ilana Struble, M-A-D-V-M, C-V-S-M-T, and C-C-R-T. Hi, hi, Charlie. How are you? Hi. I'm so happy to have you on the show, Dr. Ilana, but I have to tell you, I spent days editing down your bio because you are so accomplished, I couldn't fit everything in. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) You are Wonder Woman of the animal world. So, DVM... That's Doctor of Veterinary Medicine, right? Yes. What's MA? Master's of Arts, Marine Biology. (laughs) What's CVSMT? Certified Veterinary Spinal Manipulation Therapist. uh, Another name for chiropractor, animal (laughs) chiropractor. And then CCRT? Uh, Certified Canine Rehabilitation Therapist. Another name for dog physical therapist. (laughs) And did you know you're also DHSFGF? Which is what? Die, die Hard San Francisco Giants fan. Oh, yeah, that too, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so full disclosure, you are my personal vet for my German Shepherd, Sasha, my little Chihuahua Terrier mix, Brooklyn, my Torty Cat, Shayna, and my two Tonkinese cats, Marco and Kashi. And the reason we all love you is because you are an integrative, holistic vet. You look at the entire animal's well-being and system, body, mind, quality of life. You're certified in chiropractic, acupressure, animal behavior, sports medicine, rehab, geriatric rehab, nutrition, and veterinary orthotics and prosthetics. And you just added acupuncture to that lineup. I did. I can't stop. <laughs> Once you start learning, it's kind of, uh, it's amazing the, the ways we can treat it's once I studied chiropractic, it just opened the door to a whole new way of thinking about medical care for animals. So it's yeah. mind blowing. 
And Marco and Kashi, two of my cats, have already been needled by you, and that helped immensely. Oh, good. Good. There are obviously so many things we could talk about, but you said you'd really like to get the word about out about myofascial pain. What is myofascial pain? Okay, so myofascial pain, myo means muscle, fascia means fascia. Um, fascia is the connective tissue that covers the surface of muscles so that the muscle fibers all stay together in one bundle and um, and they also separate muscles. So in between muscles, you have things like blood vessels, nerves, and lymphatic ducts moving along and lymph nodes. And they're all suspended in like a spiderwebby mesh of fascia um, because otherwise they would just be slipping and sliding and moving around. And fascia is an organ in the body that's really hardly recognized. It's an area where a lot of our fluid moves through the body. Uh, one of my instructors likened it to a fluid highway where fluid moves. And if you have a swelling of an ankle from a sprain, that's because fluid is seeping out from inflammation in that area and it's getting into the fascial area. It's between the muscles and under the skin. And then myofascial pain is a is a syndrome that we all have um, without even realizing it. The, the achy pains that we have that are relieved by a hot shower or by a hot bath, that's due to relaxing muscle. And, in fact, I learned recently that all animals can have myofascial pain, even sharks. Um, I don't know where <laughs> that study was done Aww. or how they determined that, but even sharks can have it, and it usually occurs whenever there's an injury either directly to the muscle or an injury to a nearby joint or nerve. And what, that do, what happens is basically when you have an injury, your body's response with pain is to protect that. So if you trip and sprain your ankle, you don't want to put weight on your ankle. So you shift all your weight to the other side and you hold up your ankle. But if you're standing on one leg, holding up your, your foot for too long, the leg that you're standing on becomes fatigued from all the muscles being used. And the leg that you're holding up, the muscles used to hold up your leg, they become fatigued from holding a sustained contraction for too long. And if you hold it for too long, um, then you end up with cramping, and then that's a sign that your muscles are running out of energy. Um, and the exhausted muscle fibers, then when they run out of energy, they get what we call a myofascial contracture or trigger point. And um, we all are familiar with trigger points. If you've ever had a massage, mm -hmm. they hit a spot that's just too painful, and they say, how's the pressure? And you can barely squeak out, that's too deep. That's a, that's a myofascial trigger point. And um, that can occur from, you know, either direct trauma to the muscle or sustained contractions, repetitive overuse strain of that muscle. And it's really interesting, the science behind it, how it happens, when the muscles contract, they actually need oxygen and glucose to create energy um, that they use, ATP, to, to have that energy to sustain a contraction um, and, 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 re and to relax from a contraction. I take, I'm, excuse me, I've, I misspoke. They use the energy to relax. The muscles. When the muscles are out of energy, they cannot relax and they just bunch together, just like what happens when somebody's passed away or an animal has died and they have rigor mortis 
where all oh. the energy is gone from the muscle, the muscles become hard and rigid. So counterintuitively, it takes energy for the muscles to relax and be flexible and open up, but to contract, they just bunch up and um, when they run out of energy. Oh, so you get these wow. bunched up muscles and they become shortened and they squeeze the blood vessels that are running in between them and then you lose more oxygen and more glucose because you don't have any blood flowing in there and it can set up a vicious cycle of pain that's almost worse than the uh, joint injury or nerve injury itself. The muscle well, pain. right. You go right. completely out of alignment, which affects other parts of your body. Right. And the pain from muscle pain, squeezing or cramping like that, is not easily relieved with traditional medications. So if, let's say, for example, your dog seems to be favoring a leg and you try a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory like Remedil, or do- which is carprofen, which dogs can't really tolerate ibuprofen, so we prescribe other types of anti-inflammatory, but if they don't respond to that, then it's probably not joint inflammation pain they're experiencing, but more muscle pain. Um, and it's often, sadly, it's undiagnosed um, yeah. by most veterinarians because it's not something that we, you know, we're routinely taught in vet school to look for and to palpate for. And once you learn about it, uh, a physical therapist, or um, animal pain practitioners uh, or chiropractor, you know, veterinarians certified in acupuncture. We do a lot of muscle palpation. and every exam, we look for the presence of muscle pain and trigger points uh, because we know those are areas that we want to treat. And often, those are patterns that are classic secondary patterns that can lead us to the source of pain somewhere else in the body. So... um, not knowing how to palpate for it or not recognizing it, it, sadly, often it goes undiagnosed. And, you know, actually, uh, uh, the saddest part is that dogs will sometimes try to tell you that they're in pain, but we aren't even reading their signals. So, for example, suddenly not wanting to go for long walks or walk across a slippery floor or jump in and out of the car, jump up on the bed or the couch can be mistaken for, you know, they just don't want to do it because of old age or because they're um, being stubborn or they, you know, they don't, it's not really a problem for the owner until the dog, let's say, can't get up the stairs to get into their apartment and then they have to carry them. Now it's a concern because the dog has, you know, gradually gotten worse and so now they're at a point where their function isn't good and they need them to improve their function. So a, a dog will come in, you know, when we are finally clients are able to recognize that the dog is having a lot of pain and they've been having pain for quite some time, but just has gone unrecognized or undiagnosed. Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll hesitate before they go down the steps and you think, oh, you just don't want to go out to the bathroom. No, they recognize their leg isn't going to handle those steps mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was reading that um, they started documenting myofascial pain in humans something like 400 years ago, and then 80 years ago, it started making its way into the Western medicine where they were actually treating people for it. Why do they still not do anything about it in traditional veterinary school? 
Well, it's the same in human medicine. Um, you know, it wasn't until the 1940s, as you say, there was a, a cardiologist who's kind of like the mother of myofascial pain diagnosis, <laughs> uh, Janet Travell. And uh, if you Google her, T-R-A-V-E-L-L, Janet Travell, she noticed odd patterns of muscle pain in some of her patients, her cardiac patients, right? She's a cardiologist. And so she started looking at it and researching it and became interested in understanding why those muscles were tight and painful. And now there's something like over 16,000 articles published about myofascial pain syndrome, and yet most veterinarians and general physicians have never heard of it, or if they have heard of it, they still didn't really understand what it is. And that's probably, I think, because it's a diagnosis of palpation. It's not something you can diagnose on imaging, on x-rays or MRI or ultrasound. This is a diagnosis of slow, steady, confident palpation and develops over time. It's a... it's a hand brain. Your hands have to feel the tissue and develop a sense of diagnosing, oh, that was a reaction. Oh, that was a painful twitch. That was not just, um, you know, the dog being annoyed that I'm touching him. That was a reaction because I touched a painful spot. And, you know, if you have a fearful dog and you're trying to examine them in a scary situation, they're going to be tense all over. So it's really hard to evaluate for myofascial pain in a frightened dog. You have to have a calm, relaxed environment, take your time. The dog has to be relaxed and buy into the touch. They have to let you pet them and touch them, massage them, and then go a little deeper and looking for sore spots. Um, most vets and most physicians don't have time. The way medicine is, people are in and out every 15 minutes, and um, that's the model that healthcare has moved towards, whereas to really diagnose myofascial pain, I think that kind of evaluation takes a minimum of a half, 20 minutes to half an hour to really evaluate all the muscles in the body. I notice this a lot in cats, too. A lot of um, Reiki clients or pet sitting clients I have say, oh, you know, my cat loves to be scratched on her head, but don't touch her back. You know, she jumps. And I'm thinking, well, you know, you might want <laughs> that might be something you want to look into then. Absolutely. And it sounds like it could be yeah. something like this. Absolutely. I mean, this happens and- all the time. Dog park, too. Yep, and it's a very, once you start looking for myofascial pain, and this is something that the average pet owner can do if you are really familiar with your dog and you're petting and touching them and massaging them and you go a little bit deeper than, you know, just below the skin level um, and you gently rub your fingers across the muscle fibers, you might see a twitch when you hit a tight Spot. And it takes a real light touch in the beginning because if you put too much pressure, then all the muscle fibers are going to be, you know, compressed. You want to lightly touch the muscles and strumming kind of almost with your fingers so that when you hit a taut band, it's like a guitar string. And when you hit that, you strum on it and that touch will make it twitch. And if you feel the vibrating or twitching muscle, then you know that's a spot that needs some massage and some heat. And simply heat can relax that. You know, putting a heating pad on sore muscles helps tremendously. Heat um, receptors, um, they really help block the pain signaling from muscle pain much better than cold. Cold receptors help really well with slowing down nerve conduction or with uh, inflammation and swelling in a joint. But muscles really need the heat, which helps them relax, and then blood flow can come in, and then those muscles that ran out of energy can create energy, and then they can actually have enough energy to relax the contracted muscle. 
So, so, so what is the next step then for someone who notices a twitch and and brings into the vet? Uh, I know it depends what's wrong, but what are some of the treatment options? What are the some of the things you can do? Well, so first of all, you know, it's important to recognize changes in behavior as well as the twitch. You can bring your you know, your dog's pain to your vet's attention, but if they're not skilled at assessing and treating myofascial pain, most veterinarians, and I was in that category until I studied all these other techniques, would just try medication for pain, and muscle relaxers or non-steroidal anti-inflammatories can help somewhat, but not completely. And so I think it's it's important to seek the care of a certified canine rehab practitioner or therapist um, someone with the letter CCRT or CCRP, like in practitioner. Um, and more and more veterinarians and more and more hospitals are um, hiring certified canine rehab practitioners and therapists because the demand is there, because people recognize that mu- muscle pain in dogs is as real as it is in people. And it's often quite amazing when you treat it A dog can come in with a knot in his quadriceps or thigh muscle from having had a knee surgery, which is my most common cause of seeing it in a young dog, and they've got the leg held up. They're holding it up for three weeks. They don't want to walk on it because they blew their cruciate ligament. Their knee joint's swollen. It's painful. Then they have surgery, and the muscles get more angry. So now they come in with a big knot in their quadriceps. And so when I treat that, um, and I'll, I'll tell you some of the ways I do that, but just treating that one muscle knot, they might walk out on all four legs. It's that fast, the response oh, wow. to muscle pain you, relief. So some of the You just ways- described my leg exactly, my human leg. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well, if you have pain or not from stretching, you know, heat those muscles and stretch a little right. more. And those are some things that I want to tell people that, you know, you can do at home. Things that you're, you can, that, that the vets who are trained in these alternative methods of treating pain, um, alternative pain management modalities, you might use laser to treat a trigger point. Uh, some vets will use acupuncture needles because when you place a needle in or around the muscle knot, it actually, that little tiny needle trauma brings in a little more blood flow to that area, relaxes the fascia. There's actually studies that you can see the little tiny fibroblasts in the fascia grabbing the needle and holding onto it, and then they release and relax, and then all the fibers around them can relax. It's like a domino effect. And then you get the blood flow coming in, you block pain, and the muscle can relax. That's pretty dramatic. Also, I use in my practice quite a lot uh, something called shockwave, which is not electroshock. It's <laughs> a sound wave that's a higher pressure sound wave than ultrasound. And ultrasound is used a lot for therapy and physical therapy practices. Many people may have had that for tendons or ligament injuries. I use the shockwave, which is a high-intensity form of an ultrasound wave. I use that at a low, low intensity to help tap, tap, tap on those little muscle trigger points and help break them up and block pain and kind of turn off those pain fibers. They just can't regroup themselves and fire. So when the pain is turned off, then the muscles can also relax as well. Um, And a higher intensity form of shockwave is, for example, like uh, lithotripsy for someone with a kidney stone. They use that at high intensity to break up calcification or stone, but at very low intensity, it can uh, break up knots and tissue and help relieve pain that way. Um, And then 
you know, uh, massage is amazing, and you don't have to be a doggy massage therapist professionally, although it helps. There are professional dog massage therapists, and getting a massage for your dog may sound like it's really extravagant, but if the dog has a lot of back pain, your cat then, you know, gentle massage and skin rolling where you're kind of lifting the skin up and just massaging the skin, um, that can muscle pain as well. Um, and then let's say if you want at home to help prevent myofascial pain and also yes. treat it at home, there's some simple exercises. And the most important things really are stretching, and strengthening muscles, because if you have a muscle that's weak, that's the easiest way to overuse it. A weak muscle from pain, they stop using the leg because the knee hurts or the hip hurts from some bone pain, arthritis pain. The muscles atrophy very quickly, and then if they try to use it, they have a weak muscle, they overuse it, and they injure it, and they strain the muscle fibers. Um, so... Stretching and strengthening can help keep the muscles from getting short, which puts them more at risk for tearing, and keep them flexible so they don't have as high risk for tearing, or also strengthening them to build more muscle fibers, and that will also help reduce the stress of overuse on a few fibers. If you have more muscle, then the muscle doesn't have to work as hard. If you only have a few, they're working extra hard, and they are more prone to the trigger point forming in there. So, you know... At home, simple things you can do every day mm -hmm. are yeah. things like uh, stretching and range of motion. And I have some videos of that on my website of me stretching out my four-year-old nephew Beagle mix. He's very <laughs> flexible, so he has the full range of motion. But you can take a look at that video and see, you know, the general movement. And when I say passive um, range of motion. Passive means you're doing it. You're, the dog is not moving. You're moving their leg. So they're passively being moved versus active range of motion where you lure them to actively do something and then they move. So, you know, passive range of motion in, increases um, joint flexibility, helps cartilage, helps keep joint fluid moving so it doesn't, you know, if it's inflamed from arthritis, you get that icky joint fluid out. Um, and it helps them keep the range of motion in that joint so that the muscles don't get tight just from the joint not bending or moving. Like if your arm is in a cast for eight weeks and you take your arm out, you haven't bent it in a while, your muscles are tight and contracted, and you have to work really hard to stretch them out and get them moving again in the joint too. Um, so most of the time I like to stretch dogs when they're lying on their side after they've had some exercise and they're warmed up. The muscles are warm and there's blood flowing through and they're softer and the dogs are more relaxed and ready for a good massage and stretching. Um, and you've got to be careful not to overstretch. You know, right. your dog will tell you by looking up at you, like, hey, that's too deep or that's too much. Um, so stretching is really important. And then just basic exercises like you warm up maybe before you'd go for a jog. If you're a jogging kind of person, <laughs> you might do no. a fast walk for a few minutes and then do some high knee kicks or lunges and then start the running. And that warm-up is really important to prevent injury as well because if you just come out of your you know, house and just take off sprinting, your muscles are tight and cold and you could right. pull or strain a muscle that way. So warming the dog up is really good um, before doing more exercise. Um, and you could, there's a lot of ways we do that in physical therapy. Um, 
even just basic tricks that you can teach your dog, like sit to stand or lie down to stand or spin, turn both directions. Um, you can lure them with cookies to step over obstacles. Um, you can have them put their front paws on a stair and look up for a cookie and stretch their hips and their back. Oh. There's lots of ways to do stretches with the cookie as a lure. Or in my case, if my dogs are grabbers, I use peanut butter on a spatula. (laughs) So I don't lose a finger. If you have a shark mouth dog, you know, save your finger. Like my German Shepherd, Sasha? Oh, yes. Just like Sasha. Exactly. She was talking to you earlier when you were talking about They get so excited when you do exercises with them, they they can't contain themselves. So I'll use either actually frozen peanut butter in a coffee mug works really well. Or if your dog can't have peanut butter, you could freeze chicken broth or baby food or even their own dog food, canned food or home-cooked food in a little jar uh, or coffee cup or Kong and let them lick that and use that as a lure to stretch them out um, actively while they're standing. So we're and, talking about um, your- you know. There's some simple things, just sit to stands, walking backwards. Even tug of war is a really good warm up. Tug of nice. war, um, as long as they're not doing a lot of neck or head thrashing, you know, that's warming up those muscles. So. We're talking with Dr. Alana Struble of a well adjusted pet in Pacifica, California, about myofascial pain, which usually goes undetected and untreated in our animals. And you can see videos and read more about this and more that she has at a well adjusted pet.com. Dr. Alana, we're almost out of time. So, what are some things you wish you could just tell everyone who has animals that they don't think of, that they don't think is important? What would you like them to know? Okay, the most important thing to me for a healthy dog physically, as well as emotionally, really, is exercise. Any amount, small daily exercise, even if it's just a walk to the corner and back, because they, they, if they don't use it, they lose it, they get tight and atrophied, and they just are achy and more sore. Um, better than doing long hikes just once a week where they might injure themselves because they're not in shape. And then the other thing about being in shape is to eat, feed them well and eat well. That, those are preventative things, that low-level nice. exercise daily and then eating healthy, keeping them at a very lean body weight. Like most people look at your dog and say, he looks too thin. He's probably at the right body condition. You want to nice. feel the ribs, maybe just barely see the ribs. And keeping them lean will add two years. There's research that shows it adds two wow. years of longevity to your dog's life. Um, Thank just from you so much. Dr. Alana Struble of A Well-Adjusted Pet in Pacifica, California. Find out more at awelladjustedpet.com. Quick shout out to your charities. You're on the board of Paw Fund and you're volunteer at the Veterinary Department of Muttville Senior Dog Rescue in San Francisco. And I want to thank everyone for hanging out with us on Mind, Body, Paws, Holistic Living for You and Your Animals. I'm Charlie Kale. Check out my Reiki business, Energy Healing for People and Paws, for in-person or distant healing sessions at charliekale.com, C-H-A-R-L-Y-K-A-Y-L. E.com, and you can find past shows there as well and on my Empower Radio page. Special thanks to Brent Carey, CEO of Empower Radio, and to, to, to uh, Tony, who's filling in for Remy today because Remy's out sick. Take care and remember, no matter what's going on with your animals, don't beat yourself up thinking you could have done better because you're doing the best you can. And they know it and chose you anyway, and they love you for it. Mind Body Pause is a guilt-free zone. See you next time.
Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.